Uh, as Mina comes on up here, uh, I want to tell you a little bit about Mina. Mina is uh, a person that we call our Lydia. We call Mina our Lydia up at the Washington uh, Beach Complex uh, community, she likes to call it. And um, I'll tell you what, Mina has been uh, a person that uh, God quickly connected us to when we moved uh, here into the city. And she just really was this person, like I said, our, our Lydia, where she was a, a person who had the connections in the community. She was a person who, who knew how we could serve and, and loves to point us in the right direction so that we can serve um, the, the complex up at the top of the hill well. There's about, once the, all the, the residents move in, I think there's going to be close to 250 family units. And, and our church is has rallied together and adopted this complex. And so we currently have one Bible study going there. It bounces between Miss Mina's house and Miss Heyman's house. And uh, it, it has just been a really good time. And so we're going to let Mina share a little bit about uh, just what we've been able to do with her. And um, so this is our friend Mina. Are you scared of this thing? <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> We love Mina, and um, it, it's not about me. It's certainly not about me. It's, uh, it's about the Lord, and, and we, we serve. Uh, we, we quote this verse a lot, Matthew 20, 28. Uh, Jesus says, The Son of Man came not 
to be served, but to serve. It doesn't stop there, though, does it? And to give us life as a ransom for many. And so he served to the ultimate end. He served um, to the point of giving his life on our behalf for our sins. And so that's why we serve. That's why we do what we do. And uh, many of uh, you have come and, and joined us and served there, and we're just seeing some some great fruit of that. We have a Bible study going. We pack out uh, Mina and Miss Heyman's apartment with Caribbean Islanders and uh, one from Kentucky originally. So <laughs> it's been good. It's been good. Why don't we stand? We're going to sing uh, testimonials of people uh, in our church body. And so the first person I'm going to uh, call up uh, is Amelia. And so Amelia is going to come up here all the way from New Jersey, a uh, college student here in the city. And so this is Amelia. Hi guys, I'm Amelia. I'm a sophomore at Bentley University, which is in Waltham. And I want to start out kind of with a little background of what my faith was kind of like before I got to college. So I grew up um, in a Christian family, which is such a blessing. But I also grew up with a lot of, I didn't really need, have needs for anything, and I didn't really put my faith in God because I was putting my faith in my family because they just, just provided so much for me. And so uh, I would go to church every Sunday because my family would bring me there, and it was just a very impersonal thing. I'd be very private with my faith. I wouldn't share it with anyone. And so when I got to college, I realized that I didn't have that family support anymore, and I was scared. And my grandma said to me, who's one of the strongest people in her faith in my family, she said, just remember that you're never alone when you go to college because God's going to be with you every step of the way. And I started to think about that, and I got to college. And there was the first meeting of the Christian Fellowship Group at my college, and they, I just started to see the difference of how the people were in that community and how they loved each other in a way that I had just never seen people love each other before. And I just, I started out by wanting to just learn more about that and just pursuing that. And I realized that it was because of their relationship with God. And I started pursuing that too. And I started wanting to go to church. There was no one that was making me go anymore because I was off at college and I just wanted to go. So I would come and now I want to invite everyone that I know to come with me. And it's just really changed how I feel about everything and given me a comfort and just changed my day-to-day -day life and changed my relationships. And I'm just so thankful for Charles River Church, too. That's transformed my view of church from at home where it was huge and there were three services and everyone focused on getting out on time so they could empty the parking lot to coming to Charles River Church where everyone just cared about us being here and it wasn't about ending on time. It was about caring for each other. And I just wanted to stay and get to know people here instead of racing out the door because I felt uncomfortable. And I'm just so thankful that the community that's been provided here and just for Sindel and Pastor Josh and just how his home would be open and Becky and just uh, just everyone here that I've met that's just so amazing and just really changed my view of God and allowed me to grow so much in my faith. And I'm so thankful for everyone here. Excellent. Doing some incredible things there. We have some Bentley staff here as well. I mean, God is just doing a really cool thing there, and it's very clear that his presence is resting on that campus. It's kind of far from here, and they're making the trek, and so um, God's doing a great thing, and let's just continue to lift those students up and, and the staff there as well. So thank you so much, Amelia. She's got her VIP pass on. You saw that. She's even serving here, and so she's great. Uh, next person we're going to invite up is Nathan Paddock. So Nate's going to come up here and um, share a little bit. Nate is a guy that has grown um, very uh, dear to me. He's a, he's a good friend, and um, I'll tell you, everybody loves Nate. He's our comic relief in a very quiet, gentle way, and so uh, this is Nate. <laughs> Thanks. <clears throat> hey, um, I just want to talk about uh, Charles River Church um, <clears throat> before I actually started coming here. 
Um, I spent a lot of time um, kind of bouncing from church to church. I never really went regularly, even though I grew up going to the church. I always knew that I should be going, so I just kind of felt like if I went, that was good enough. I never really put any effort into um, being at the church or helping out or anything like that. So um, when um, one of my friends actually gave me a call saying that Charles River Church was coming out here, um, I just felt really excited, and I couldn't explain why. And as the months went on leading up to when Josh finally got in touch with me and started going to the connection groups and just coming to CRC, um, I just immediately felt my life changing. Um, once in Charles River Church, I met all these great people here like Sindel, Ryan, Josh, uh, Becky, um, some people who aren't here but still talk to them. Um, uh, we started a uh, men's group um, that met in the mornings for breakfast early in the morning <laughs> at Panera, um, which was just great um, fellowship with other guys who believed in the things that I've always believed in but never acted on them or talked about them. And there was a, a verse um, that we talked about during one of those um, morning times called Jer uh, named Jeremiah 2913. Uh, you will seek me and find me when, you're, when you seek me with all your heart. And that verse just has meant so much to me over the past year and a half. Um, just eagerly seeking him and seeing all the changes he's done in my life. And the support I get from CRC is just amazing and I can't wait for another year and um, another many years, hopefully, um, with the CRC. So. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Nate's a, Nate's a great example of um, what it means to serve in the church, and um, he has been a, a faithful uh, servant in the body here. This place would not run if it weren't for Nate and what he does behind the scenes, and he's definitely got that spiritual gift of service, as we read about in 1 Corinthians 12, or Romans 12, and so uh, thanks a lot, Nate. Last person I'm going to invite up here is uh, Sherdane Carter, and Sherdane's going to come and uh, share a little bit here. Sherdane uh, has been uh, just really growing over the past, uh, gosh, six months uh, that we've been, been uh, meeting uh, out her neck of the world, and so uh, we're just going to just have a great time hearing what God's been doing um, in her heart, in her life. So this is Sherdane. I'm just going to read uh, something that Shardane had previously written down. So this is Shardane Carter. And since I've been coming to Charles River Church, it has been a rewarding and revealing experience. I've learned a lot about the Bible and how the teaching of Jesus applies to my life. Growing up, I knew the basics, but now I have a more understanding and clarity of the teachings, mainly from the Wednesday night Bible study and interacting with the different people of the, of the church every week. All this has allowed me to realize that no matter what has happened in the past, God will always be there for me when I need him, and that he will grant me forgiveness when I ask. Also that no matter what, I will, ever, no matter what I will never be truly alone. This has been the biggest thing I've learned over the past year. Thanks. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, Sindel has been discipling Shardane over the uh, past 
few months or so, and just a lot of growth. And so thank you, Sendel, and uh, thank you, Shardane, for sharing. Do you believe that? You believe what the video just uh, concluded with, that the best days are yet to come? Yes? We should, because in Matthew chapter 16, as we read, verse 18, Jesus says, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I mean, you can't have a, a more emphatic statement than the gates of hell shall not prevail uh, against it. And so when God sets his mind to doing something, it will be done, right? Psalm 115.3 says, our God is in the heavens. He does whatever he pleases. He doesn't need us, but he allows us to be used. And he has set out to build his capital C church, his church universal, not just here in Boston, not just in Massachusetts, but across New England, our country, and our world. He's going to build his church, and he also calls us to be local expressions of his church, the lowercase c church, and that's what we have the privilege to, to be a part of, is God building his church here in West Boston. So I'm really grateful, um, I'm really grateful that you all have come, that we can celebrate this together. There, there must be a reason um, that, that Jesus would use such strong language as the gates of hell will not prevail against it. See, Jesus wasn't just kind of issuing this, this light-hearted statement like it ain't over till the fat lady sings, right? Because we all know that the fat lady never sings, right? After the Patriots game tonight that hopefully you're TiVoing, right? After the game, there's, there's not going to be, okay, we call the fat lady down to close this thing out. The fat lady never, never sings, right? That's just a half-hearted figure of speech, but Jesus never gives up words that, are at, that were half-hearted. He's serious because the gates of hell are up against this, yet the gates of hell cannot touch this. He's going to build his church. They're going to try, um, but I'll tell you what, they can't, they can't touch this. And maybe, maybe some of you even here tonight, you come in and, and maybe you're feeling like the, the gates of hell are just up against you as an individual, you come in here and you are burdened about something. You are heavy-hearted, whether it be a death in the family, whether it be an illness, whether it be a relational conflict, whether it be just a struggle within your family. You feel like the gates of hell are, are up uh, against you. But listen, you must stand upon the word of Christ. He says, I'm going to build my church. I'm going to redeem people. I'm going to call them out of darkness and, and, and bring them into the kingdom, my marvelous Light And so though the gates of hell might feel like they're up against you, even at this very moment, stand on, on the word of, of the Lord. Tonight, I just want to give you uh, really just a, a quick, brief devotional. Um, we've had quite a, quite a few powerful things already happen tonight, hearing people's stories of life change, seeing some video, and, and glorifying the Lord. And so you don't need much from me, uh, but I pray that you'll hear that, that, that scripture and be encouraged that nothing is impossible when God sets his mind to it. He's going to do it. And I really believe that you're here on purpose by the Lord. I really believe that, that God has set his mind on, on changing your heart, as it says in, in, in Ezekiel, that he wants to take hearts of stone and he wants to replace them with hearts of, of flesh. And I tell you, over the course of this year and the months and years preceding uh, the start of this church in West Boston, we have seen some things that just felt like complete uh, impossibilities in planting a church. But God said, listen, 
I told you I'm going to build my church, and we've called you to, to be a part of this. And so stand on my word, stand on my promise, not on your own understanding. When you look at things and situations and you say, there's no way, he says, stand on my word, stand on what I said I'm going to do, I'm going to do it, and, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Um, we lived in, in central Massachusetts before this and uh, worked with a, a wonderful church there. And uh, God in his sovereignty, I showed up there thinking I would be there for the rest of my life, and God in his sovereignty took this southern boy and surrounded him by a bunch of New Englanders and people from Massachusetts so that we could have uh, what in the missions agency we call an indigenous church plant. And so we were able to have a, an indigenous church plant by uh, God's grace. Uh, but I tell you, we had some struggles along the way. We, we had just built our, our dream house. It's not a mansion by any stretch, but it was all we ever wanted on two acres of land in the country. It was beautiful. And uh, within six months of building this house, God said, oh, yeah, by the way, you're moving to Boston. And I said, what are, you, what are you talking about, God? It wasn't this audible voice, but it was like when, when Paul enters into Athens in Acts chapter 17, it says that his spirit was provoked within him as he observed the city that was full of idols. And every time we drove into the city of Boston, our spirit was provoked within us. Our heart started beating out of our chest. We saw uh, people in the condition that they were in. We saw the idols, as Paul observed, the, the statue idols in Athens. Boston has been referred to as the Athens of America. We saw idols of education with MIT and Harvard and, and Bentley, a great business school. We see these, these idols of education that people worship, and our spirit was provoked within us. We saw these idols of success in the business world. People don't come to Boston just to kind of hang out. They come to Boston to do big, big things. And, and what happens is success in the business world becomes, becomes an idol. Other idols um, are the institution of church. And many worship the church and not the chief shepherd, the leader, the, the one that we have church for. And so we saw these idols and things seemed impossible. Uh, but we, we knew that God would do something. Uh, we have this house we put it on the market as we're, we're called to move to Boston. Um, and just before we put it on the market, the economy crashes. And it just seemed impossible. But guess what God decided to do? He decided to give us a cash offer on our house. And we were absolutely blown away. And we said, God, we stand on your word and you show yourself faithful. It seemed like the gates of hell economically were up against us at that point in time. But we stood on his word and he was faithful. We also had to raise a ton, a ton, a ton of money to make this happen. Boston is not a cheap place uh, to live. Uh, to rent a facility was just astronomical. Um, to, to, to make some things happen to get here, just impossible. I'll never forget the day that feeling like things were impossible, feeling like the weight of the world upon my shoulders, and I get a phone call from Days In, of all places, Days In, saying, we want to give you $18,000 for your church plant. And... We said, God, we stood upon your word. You showed yourself faithful. I'll never forget a trip to, uh, to Virginia to, to work with an organization there and talk to them a little bit about what God had, had put on our hearts. And I remember being in the boardroom, feeling the pressure of all these important people around me. And they said, uh, after reviewing your, your application, after reading um, through your heart for Boston, after talking to you, and after spending that morning with you, uh, we've decided that we're going to, triple our giving for you. And so we went from, uh, we went up to, I think it was $36,000 gift from this organization. Just blew our, our mind because finances seemed 
uh, like the gates of hell at times. You know what I'm talking about? Trying to pay rent here in the city. And yet God was faithful as we stood upon his word. I'll never forget um, just the days of driving around this neck of Boston saying, God, we need a new facility. We're paying a lot of money. We love Wayne. We're paying a lot of money, and it is killing us. And we need a new facility. And it just felt like we've, we've exhausted every single option. And we drove by this building that we just always assumed was an Episcopal church and read this small, little, obscure sign that says, School of Modern Languages. And we call them up, and we're negotiating, and, and the guy says, how does $100 a week sound? And we about, we about choked. I mean, it was, in, it was incredible. And um, God said, if you stand upon my word and trust that I will build my church and, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, you will, you will see, you'll see that I prove myself faithful. I remember, I remember praying um, this summer specifically for uh, some Spanish speakers. So God, we're in a community. There's a lot of people who speak Spanish. Lord, wouldn't it be great if you'd send us some Spanish people, Spanish-speaking people? Please, God. Within two weeks, he sent us five people who speak Spanish. Now six. I see another one that I wasn't. Incredible. I mean, just incredible. God is, is faithful. There were times over the course of, of this past year um, where it seemed impossible. And God says, no, you stand upon my word. I will do what I say I will do. I remember um, being in our old facility grueling setup week after week after week and sometimes it felt like what in the world are we doing setting up a nursery two classes and nobody showing up except my children it felt (laughs) what are we doing and then today upstairs we have two classrooms full of of children we praise God for that because we stood upon his word he said I will build my church the gates of hell will will not prevail against it. There were times for me over the past year, for my wife over the past year, it just felt like, what are we doing? Have we lost our minds? And I think we did lose our minds for a little while there. I mean, it was just crazy. But God said, listen, you trust me. You trust me. And I'm going to do what I said I would do. And I could just go on and on and on and on um, with story after story. But you guys waited uh, to eat until you got here. So I'm not going to do that. But I, I want to I I close with this. That Here's what I always find. That when, when God makes a promise, we don't know his timeline, but he keeps it. He keeps it. And, and some of you in here um, tonight, you need to understand that, that God has made a promise to you. He, he says to you that, listen, though you are dead in your sins, though you are dead in your sins, in your trespasses. He says, listen, I'm, I'm going to redeem you. You are not too far gone from me. And so he calls on you tonight. Tonight. You know what it says in, in Philippians chapter 2, verses 10 and 11? Uh, the Apostle Paul says this. He says, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Every tongue confess." That Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He says that is going to happen. He says every knee will bow. Every knee will have the kind of excitement that I have and say he is, he is Lord. I am convinced of that. Every knee will. And so there's something I, I, I want you all to know that, that I've got to be really honest with every single one of you in this room and, and let you know that we 
have, have started this church for you. We started this, this church for you that, that you might see that Jesus is God and that you would say, I don't want to wait till it's too late. I want to bow the knee now. I want to trust Jesus as Lord now. And, and, and I, want to, I want to hear him. I want to believe him. I want to respond to him and say, yes, Jesus is Lord. Yes, I, I believe that he is who he says he is. And he does what he says he does. And nothing is impossible for him. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, um, it says this. It says that for our sake he made him who knew no sin, that's Jesus, to become sin so that we might become the righteousness of God in, in him. In other words, we have sinned. We have fallen short of the glory of, of God. We, we always fall short of the glory of God, the scriptures tell us. The Bible goes on and says that the wages of sin, what we have earned as a result of our sin, is, is death. In other words, when you turn from the one who, who gives you life, and as it says in, in Genesis, breathes life into us, when you turn from him, that's sin, the natural consequence of that is, is death. That's what we have, we have earned that. But the scriptures say that, that he made him who knew no sin, Jesus, comes to earth and he lives a sinless life, knows no sin. To become sin, he takes on the weight of our sin on the cross. He dies the death that he didn't deserve, the, the death that we deserve, in our place as our substitution. He is then buried, but then he resurrects back to life because death can have no hold on God. And he says, I offer that life and life eternally to you. If you would say, I believe that, I want that, I trust in that as my payment for sin. I'm not going to try to live the rest of my life trying to earn your favor, God, because I can't. I know that Jesus did what I couldn't do. He lived a sinless life. He is my substitution. And tonight, I just want to call you, all of you, whoever is in here, you don't know Jesus. Tonight, would you call out to him? That's why we're here, is so that you can call out to Jesus and say, yes, yes, I want you. I want to trust in that. I know that my days are numbered. I know that at, at one time, everybody is going to fall on their knees and say, Jesus is Lord, but I want to choose to do that now. I want to choose to do that now. And so can we close our eyes and, and take some time to pray?